Hey everyone, and welcome back to Phonication, the podcast dedicated to being as off-puttingly educational as possible. I'm your host, Jack, and thank you so much for tuning in. As a quick reminder, I want to emphasize that I have super awesome t-shirts that you can totally nab for yourself if you subscribe to Phonication's Patreon. You'll also get stickers and the warm fuzzy that your pledge is being donated to save sharks. All right, shameless plug is out of the way. Let's get to the good stuff. Doing the do like they do on the Discovery Channel. At this point, I presume you've read the title and realized that we're talking about bonobos. How wild would it be if I pulled one over on you guys and it was secretly about, like, bowerbirds? <laughs> Probably not very wild. I'm sure I'm the only one that would actually find that very funny. <laughs> but I will do an episode on bowerbirds at some point. But obviously today is not that day. Today belongs to the bonobos. Some of you might be thinking, Jack, what is a bonobo? And that's a fair question because that's a weird name that sounds like a character from Dr. Seuss. Some others might be thinking, Hey Jack, isn't Bonobos an e-commerce subsidiary of Walmart that sells men's clothing and therefore doesn't belong in a biology-driven podcast? Well, yeah, turns out you guys are fucking right. <laughs> the first thing that pops up on Google, actually. No idea why they named the company this, but that's not what we're discussing today. So for those of you who don't know what a Bonobo is, it's an ape. It looks a whole lot like a chimpanzee to everyone who isn't an expert in chimpanzees. If there's someone listening who is an expert in genetic differences between the two and you're cringing, about to yell about how they each govern their societies and brow ridge prominence, stop it. Realistically, we get a pass. Superficially, they're pretty damn similar. <laughs> similar enough to be the only two species in the genus Pan. Specifically, the bonobo is Pan paniscus, and this means that they are not monkeys. If you are part of the most likely 99% of the entire Earth's population that isn't completely positive about the difference between monkeys and apes, I did that Google search for you. The biggest, quickest way to figure it out, does that animal have a tail? Yes, that's a monkey. There's other more subtle differences, such as monkeys having smaller, more narrow chests and preferring to run across tree branches, while apes generally prefer to swing like monkey bars, as well as apes generally having a higher IQ. But if you're trying to figure out what an animal is, you're most likely not going to hand up math problems. It's a lot easier to just check for a tail. The bonobo does not have a tail, ergo ape. Yeah, I did say ergo specifically to be obnoxious. Unfortunately, not a lot of research has been conducted of bonobos in their natural habitat because they live in the Congo, and there's a lot of political instability in the area, making it really dangerous for people to go out into the field. Fortunately, though, we still know quite a lot about them because they are not shy. <laughs> I feel like a lot of what I'm going to say here is going to make sense, because along with chimpanzees, they're the closest living relatives to humans. So let's talk about that. For example, they're able to pass the mirror test for self-awareness, but all great apes can do that. They have very high IQs. They have body language and facial expressions that is similar enough to ours that humans can understand it. They communicate vocally for the most part and have been observed using the same vocalization to mean different things in different situations. So bonobos and humans are the only known species to understand context. Some humans actually still haven't learned that, to be totally honest. <laughs> Even cooler though, a couple bonobos have been taught to essentially use a keyboard with symbols on it as a makeshift way to communicate with humans, and they'll use it to respond back to sentences spoken by humans. You know, I hear about experiments like this with apes and dogs and crows and elephants and all sorts of animals, and it makes me feel some type of way about how there's humans trying so hard to share this world with another species, to communicate as if it were just another human who simply spoke a different language, just desperately trying to raise the friends we haven't found in space yet. I don't know. I think, I think that's wholesome and cute, but that's just me. 
By the way, their similarities to us don't end there. So let's talk about their societal structure. It appears that they have a matriarchal society, but only slightly. Ranking structure doesn't seem to be quite as important to them as it is in many other primate species, or many other mammalian species in general, honestly. If you listen to my episode on hyenas, you might remember that the females are unquestioningly in charge, to the point of tyranny. They were hyper-aggressive to males, and the lowest-ranked female was leagues above the lowly male peasant. Not so in bonobos. While women are in charge for the bonobos, it's more that situation where you meet your new boss, but they don't like being your boss and insist that you call them by their first name, and they refer to you only as dude, and then ask if you want to go back to the garage and smoke weed after your shift. Which has never actually happened to me, but I feel like that's a real situation that has probably happened to some people. Don't ask me. The hardest drug I've ever done was Tylenol. Anyways, sons derive their social status from their mother. So in the case of bonobos, despite being matriarchal, it is actually very possible for males to outrank females if his mother is high-ranking. And mother-son bonds stay very strong throughout the entirety of their lives. It's actually quite sweet. Bonobos are polyamorous, so they never actually know who their fathers are, meaning the entirety of parental care is provided by the mothers. Possibly because of the fact that males never know who their children are, male bonobos end up being very tolerant of young. Additionally, violent encounters between males and females are very, very rare. Basically, the only instances of frequent violence is in captivity. Females will become insanely possessive of food, monopolize resources, and end up mutilating the males a lot of times. I mean, don't get me wrong, they're very human-like, but they're still wild animals. Aggressiveness is obviously going to happen. They're a hundred times more aggressive than your average human, and you shouldn't stroll up to bonobos thinking they're never going to hurt you. But comparatively speaking here, especially in comparison to chimps, the bonobos are a really, really peaceful species. While common chimpanzees will patrol their neighborhood looking for outsiders to beat up, which is a familiar thing in human societies that we need to fix, the bonobos absolutely do not. There's actually been recent studies that despite chimpanzees and bonobos being so closely related, they actually differ a lot in their brain anatomy, despite splitting off from their evolutionary tree only 2 million years ago. Specifically, they have more development in the regions assumed to be responsible for feeling empathy, which has been supported by observations of bonobos as third parties in violent encounters. A witness to violent encounters will often, out of empathy, not for selfish reasons, spontaneously aid the victim of violence. Researchers have also been able to conclude that the spontaneity of the action, not just the action itself, sues the victim, basically understanding that the helper did something that they didn't have to do, that they did it out of kindness and empathy. Which is wild that I'm saying that about a wild animal. Another difference in brain anatomy is a thicker connection between the amygdala and the ventral anterior cingulate cortex, which is a wordy way of saying that they're better at impulse control, which is probably why they're more peaceful than chimpanzees. At some point, they must have heard the phrase, make love, not war, because Jesus fuck did they take on that mindset. Literally, think of the most comically stereotypical hippie and try to tell me that what I'm going to describe next isn't just an ape version of a hippie caricature. Bonobos have a very uh, (laughs) free love type of community. And actually, a lot of what they do in the bedroom, well, no, they generally do it right out in the open, but a lot of what they do is the kind of stuff we attribute to humans. They don't have sex, they make love. They don't do it for procreation, they do it for the art of it. (laughs) Seriously, I honestly think if we gave them access to instruments, they'd start whipping out some R&B. And I even think it would be good. (laughs) 
Hopefully now I have you wondering what exactly they do, so I will stop leading you on and tell you. Realistically, the answer is practically everything. <laughs> For starters, about the whole make love not war thing, I'm being completely serious. Male bonobos manage to avoid violent confrontations by initiating sexual encounters with males or females. Literally a major form of saying hello is sexual encounters, bonding amongst the community. Sometimes when they find a new feeding site, they get all super excited about it and they all have sex. <laughs> Supposedly as a way to decrease tension regarding new food sources and encourage peaceful coexistence. So actually for bonobos, I'm gonna say that the closest human term to what they have going on is pansexuality, just free love. Bonobos are all about the whole love who you love thing. As long as it's consensual, it's beautiful. The only sort of abstinence they practice is considering incest taboo. Females have a significant amount of autonomy regarding who they mate with, but at the end of the day, most of the bonobos have some form of sexual encounter with most of the other bonobos. <laughs> and the other types of sexual encounters are plentiful. A good chunk of animals stick to mounting a female from behind, getting the job done in 30 seconds and bouncing, which, you know, it's not okay for humans, by the way, for anyone listening. <laughs> but like I said, the bonobos are artists. They do doggy style, sure but they're also one of the few species that does missionary. It's very strange how a position considered vanilla in humans is exotic for other species. Other things they do include tongue kissing. <laughs> like, how hilarious is that? Humans aren't the only ones that make out. <laughs> no other species except the two of us do that. <laughs> a lot of their sexual behavior isn't penetrative. Otherwise, they'd probably be popping babies instead of bottles all over the place. Bonobos frequently participate in like, I guess, um, mutual masturbation. Amongst females, they engage in genito-genital rubbing, which is the scientific word for tribadism, which is the pretentious word for scissoring. It's generally done as a way of social bonding between females, which is just a wild concept to me. I have never in my life gone up to one of my girlfriends and asked to rub vulvas together. <laughs> Maybe I have to start. It's an interesting way to build friendships. I'll do it for the science and report back to you guys. And by the way, yes, this is absolutely pleasurable for them. Females have large clitorises, about three times bigger than a human's relative to body size. It's big enough to kind of hang down a bit. <laughs> and obviously that's going to be a good amount of nerve endings and therefore pleasure. So obviously they generally get the rocks off every couple hours. <laughs> Even sterile females or females too young to reproduce still engage in sociosexual behavior. And males engage in similar genital behavior too. In addition to the most common behavior for males, homosexual penetrative missionary sex. They'll engage in, I guess the, um, like the gay male version of scissoring, which is apparently called frotting. So that would be when two males kind of rub their penises together and they'll generally include their hands in it too in a kind of self slash mutual masturbation action. I don't know, I hope you guys got that visual. <laughs> Males are also really into butts in general, not just penetrating butts, but also twerking. Sometimes on the occasions that they do fight, they'll apologize and make up by standing back to back, bent over, and they'll rub their butts together, <laughs> which has the benefit of also stimulating their scrotal sex. But it's not always an apology. They'll also do it as just like a, a hangout session, just. Two bros bonding over butts, wholesome as can be. 
Bonobos love to rub butts and fondle genitals, perform oral, tongue kiss with anyone at any place for any reason, exemplifying some communes we humans have. But somehow, it hasn't been figured out how, they managed to avoid simian immunodeficiency virus altogether, despite it spreading through 45 different primate species in Africa. By the way, that's basically HIV, but for primates, and later it develops into simian AIDS. In fact, one theory regarding the origins of HIV was that humans got it from the blood infected with SIV, contained in primate meat eaten by humans, likely on multiple separate occasions. And in a similar vein, their similarity puts them at risk for other human diseases, such as SARS-CoV-2, better known by its popular name of coronavirus, namely the specific coronavirus responsible for COVID-19. Scientists at UC David studied the genome of 410 different vertebrates, and the bonobos falls under the category of most vulnerable. Considering they're also endangered on the red list, let's hope coronavirus doesn't end up making the leap. Some of the similarities between bonobos and humans end up getting into the weird territory, because my hobbies have given me a really warped opinion on what qualifies as weird. <laughs> but not only are the bonobos individually similar, but societally as well. They have actual, separate, distinct cultures between groups. A study done by Liren Samuni and Martin Serbeck studied two different groups of bonobos and noticed that despite having the same general routine, the same environment, and the exact same access to the exact same prey, the two groups preferred wildly differing prey. So it's kind of like how humans have ethnic cuisines. I don't know, it's pretty neat. Also, and take this one with a huge grain of salt. I promise I'm not trying to start shit. <laughs> but bonobos and chimps show precursors to religious faith, according to Nancy Howell and Jane Goodall. <laughs> now, <laughs> I know what you're thinking. The grain of salt here is the definition of religion. If you define religion as non-anthropocentric, non-anthropomorphic, non-logocentric, non-theistic, trans-species prototype, then ritual activities count. Things like dancing even count, realistically. Because all of those obnoxious, sciencey words break down into real English to mean a definition of not focusing on humans as a centric species, not attributed to human characteristics, not involving language, not involving any sort of gods. Well, okay, then yeah, primates having an orgy because they found a new feeding grounds counts as religion. <laughs> so don't go around thinking that the bonobos are going to start a holy war. We have discussed that they are peaceful. They're probably going to be Buddhist. Anyways, that wraps it up for today's episode. Don't forget to check out Phonication on social media, where I upload weird stuff. Also, if you like the podcast, please leave a review on iTunes. It helps a lot. If you really like this podcast, please make a pledge on Patreon, where all proceeds for a month go to Shark Saving Charities, and you get a t-shirt, and stickers, and a lot of gratitude from me. Don't forget to check out a new episode next hump day. Bye! <laughs>